And welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is Summer Slump. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving personalization options and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so first thing I want to mention, uh, for those of you who've been really in the loop, you should know this already, but for those of you who may not be, uh, we are on TikTok. Um, it's a cool new platform. Obviously, there's some concerns about it being Chinese spyware, so we'll see how that plays out. But overall, for the moment, we are really enjoying using that platform to kind of show some of the behind the scenes of how our products are made. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go check us out on TikTok. It's murdycreative.co, as always. Um, so go check us out there. So today we're talking about the summer slump, and for those of you who've been podcast listeners for a long time, you'll realize that this is not necessarily a new thing, um, but this year we're, tra- we're trying something different, and it's been an interesting little experiment. So first off, for those of you who don't necessarily know the history or who have not been around with us for a long time, the summertime for us is always slow. I don't know what it is. I don't exactly know why. And if you know why or you have ideas of why, let me know. I'm always interested in hearing opinions. We have really been working on testing all of the different theories about what it could be. Now, last year, what we thought was um, that we were we were coming into a summer slump because people were out traveling. They were going out to eat. They were spending their money elsewhere and they weren't necessarily sitting at home on their phones buying things, which I still stand by as probably being true. Now, this year, when COVID hit, I thought to myself, this might be a really good opportunity for us to see and experiment if that's the case, because people won't be traveling very much and they won't be going out to eat as much, so maybe they'll buy from us more. And by and large, I think that is a little bit more true. I I don't think it had quite the same restorative effect to our summertime that I thought it would, but it definitely, um, it does seem to be that this summer is going a little bit better than last summer. One thing that has been very important in the process is our attitude towards it, though. Last summer, we weren't expecting it. Last summer, we had been growing at an absurd rate from January, February, March, April. We saw these just leaps and bounds of growth month over month. And we'd been spending, we'd just been pumping more and more money into the marketing channel just to specifically kind of build that growth and kind of get that momentum. And this is about the same time that I was thinking to myself, this is going to be this unbelievably massive company in three years. Um, And that was wrong, but optimistic. And then May rolled around and things started to slow a little towards the end of May. And then June rolled around and things got really slow in June. And then July rolled around and things got even slower. That was last year. So this year, I said, you know what? We're going to be judicious from the very beginning. And during, I mean, COVID hit and that kind of forced us to move up our judicious plans a lot sooner than we had anticipated. Uh, So in March, we cut back our marketing spend to basically nothing. Uh, And by nothing, I mean like we maybe spent $20 a day, right? Now, for those of you who've always been curious, we do spend several hundred dollars a day normally on marketing. Now, that's not obviously something that is static, right? It changes month to month. It changes week to week. Sometimes it changes day to day on what we spend based off of what we're advertising, what we're pushing, what we've got extra stock of, things like that. Um, So it's it's not really quite a, a solid thing. But we've specifically been moving in the summertime this summer. We said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to not spend very much money on marketing. And hopefully by cutting out that cost, because we spent a lot of money last year on it and it didn't help, right? So by cutting out that cost, we can kind of maintain 
a little bit of profitability even with significantly lower sales. All right, so we're going to try the cost cutting method first. Um, and and everybody, I mean, God, this was and when I went to marketing school, this was. My marketing professors always said that the first thing that people do when going gets tough is to cut the marketing budget and it's the thing they should never do because it's the one marketing is the one area of the business that actually drives money, you know, drives profit, which is obviously in sales. Um, while everything else in the business management, administration, HR, production, all those things take money, right? So I, I was initially very hesitant to cut back on our marketing budget. And to be honest, I still am a little bit, but, and I, I have to constantly have that battle with myself every day because I wear both hats, right? I'm the head of marketing. I'm also the head of the company. So I, I have to battle with myself saying, does it make sense for us to cut back on our marketing dollars versus not cut back on them? But it wasn't just cutting back on our marketing dollars that helped us so far. That's helped us so far during the summer. It was retasking our marketing dollars. So when COVID hit, um, we had, we had really been struggling a lot because while we were making these masks and we had excellent organic sales with masks early on, very quickly, you know, after we had kind of reached that peak in that, that drop off of the mask sales, we, we said, okay, well, now we want to go and market them. And for those of you who have been in marketing during this, you'll realize that, and you haven't probably seen a ton of advertisements, at least a ton of paid advertisements for hand sanitizer, for face masks, for any sort of PPE. You've seen a lot of organic ads, right? Or you've seen ads where influencers were paid to put the advertisement on their page, but you haven't seen much paid advertising. That's because Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, the major platforms, and I think Twitter as well, did not allow the advertisement of masks. Now, this was obviously very frustrating for me. And I was going to do a whole podcast on it because I was specifically trying to vent. And at one point, so we had started advertising face masks. And the first couple of posts didn't get approved by the ad. They got rejected for taking advantage of a crisis. So I think to myself, we're, we're trying to help. But anyway, I digress. So I had then changed up the way the language was. Uh, I changed up the specific photography. I, I'd done a whole bunch of stuff to try to, to run through and see if any of the ads would get through. And eventually, a few of the ads did. So we had a few ad, mask ads running. And I was excited. I thought, finally, we're going to be able to make some progress with this. And they ran for about two, three days. And I thought everything was fine. And then suddenly I get notification that my ad account has been deactivated. Now, that's never happened before. And that obviously caused a massive panic for me. The first thing I did was, obviously, I tried to appeal it. But while that was, I, I filed out the, filled all of the paperwork for the appeal, which for Facebook is so dumb because... They don't give you, on the front end, they don't give you any sort of, like, it's not like they give you a text box for you to explain yourself, right? They just say, you broke the rules, and then they make you take a course where you get a refresher on the rules, and first off, none of the things in the refresher course covered the specific error that we got, which was taking advantage of a crisis, because they just made that rule up now. Anyway, they're a private company. They can do what they want. They're a private company. They can do anyway. So I uh, I took the the class that came along with it, and I got us. I filed all the paperwork, and then at the very end of the process, you know, it said your application will be in review, and you know, we'll let you know. And they didn't tell us when, and they said it could be a long time because of COVID nineteen. So I went in my email inbox, and I I we we spend enough money on, on Facebook that they continually try to get us to connect with one of their marketing experts, and I've always tried. I've always said no, mostly because. To be honest, it's kind of a pain in the ass to set aside time to talk with people about what you're doing for marketing. And inevitably, whenever you get on the phone with any of these people, they are 
they are often very superioristic. Now, I understand that they're the experts and they work for Facebook and all this other good stuff, but sometimes they act very superioristic and they look down on you as the, you know, idiot user. And um, be it arrogance or ego, and it could be both, I was just like, I don't want to do that. But now, while this crisis was happening, I'm like, okay, I have a reason to talk to some human about this. So I scheduled a time with our expert. Within 24 hours, my, my ad account was reinstated, and we just stopped running the mask ads, uh, period. Um, but at the same time that I had reached out to my Facebook expert, I actually reached out to our Pinterest expert. Now, you guys, for those of you who have been listening, realize that we tried Pinterest advertising in December, and it was a disaster, and it was an unmitigated disaster. Um, and so I had been, been hesitant about going back to Pinterest, but with the fact that we couldn't advertise on Instagram or Facebook with the masks, I was like, okay, well, we need to find something. So I reached out to our, the Pinterest expert and set up time with them. So, so I spent both, a lot of time over the course of the next weeks and meeting. I met with these, these, both the Facebook expert and the Instagram expert. And I will admit, I, had been, I made a mistake. My pride had gotten in the way. The Facebook expert especially had very, was, in the beginning, he was very much like unsure of how much I knew about the platform. Very quickly, he realized that I had done a lot on the platform, and he wisely and graciously basically said, you know what, I'm just going to skip to the advanced features because you're, you've, got, you've got all of the basic stuff down pat. He did give us some pieces of tactical advice. He says, you're using a lot of static images. He says, if you create slideshows where there's a little bit of motion and you put all of those images together, it will likely appeal to the customer. You'll likely see an increase in, um, in, in views clicks and purchases and he was absolutely right about that which is why a lot of our advertisements now are automatic slideshows we're still working on figuring all that out though and we're we're constantly experimenting because things aren't always as obvious as they seem so we had tried we but he'd also helped us figure out how to do retargeting of some very specific metrics which i thought was fascinating for example we had previously on instagram basically boosted posts generically to the world and we used lookalike audiences of our of our audience to gather people and that strategy which was a high traffic strategy did end up leading to us building in a hundred thousand you know user platform on that instagram however you know there was always a challenge with our conversion ads because the conversion ads never did particularly well and i he after working with the expert he pointed out that it's partially because the conversion ads weren't really targeted at the right audience they were targeted at a generic audience for conversions he said with what we've got the amount of data we've got the amount of people that we've been reaching and the amount of people that are on our platform we can really 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 narrowly focus that retargeting ads and he helped us show us how to basically say okay for example we're going to take a conversion window like 30 days and we're going to say show advertisements to the people who have purchased from us in the last 30 days. Or, and you can kind of dial in this slider how precise you want it to be, or people who look just like them, right, demographically, in the eyes of Facebook. And we chose 2% lookalike. So 1% is like one for one. They look exactly like the people. 2% is like those people and kind of their friends or those people and similar people. And then like obviously the further out you get from that, the more the broader the targeting gets. And we tried that campaign and it actually has been working pretty well. And I mean, the first one we ran was spectacular, but we haven't been able to quite replicate that particular advertisement. That was a very specific Mother's Day advertisement, and it went so unbelievably well. It was like an ROAS of 10. So for every dollar we spent, we brought in $10. It was absurd. But 
we haven't been able to replicate that since we've been we've been working on this platform but what this technique really did and we are trying something similar on pinterest and that frankly that the pinterest deserves an entire new topic and maybe i'll do that one for our thursday podcast but um the pinterest one we at the same time had something else you know what in fact i actually am going to do that for our thursday podcast i'm going to do the details of pinterest revisited um so come back for that but regardless, on both of those platforms, we had basically worked on trying to figure out how to retarget our audience. And we shifted a lot of our marketing. We're still doing some general traffic, bring people into the fold marketing. It's absolutely part of our, our of our marketing mix. But we're spending a lot more money now on very, 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 very tip of the spear, bottom of the funnel remarketing, targeting people who have saved our posts, targeting people who have visited our website in the last 60 days and looked around visited you know we're really working on targeting a lot of those metrics and people who look like them specifically to work on driving conversions and because of that we've seen out of our algorithm that we're able actually to make the money go a little bit farther from a marketing perspective than we might otherwise see so this strategy during our summer slump has changed to a very 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 small marketing spend that's really targeted at driving a few sales but really good bang for its buck. Um, and logic would dictate, well, if it's working, spend more money on it. But we've spent more money on it at times and it hasn't really driven more. So there is a, a max budget to these advertising campaigns where once you get over that, the money doesn't necessarily drive more sales, right? So that's a, a dirty little secret that no one wants to talk about, which is that there are there is a time when just because an advertisement works at this particular budget level doesn't mean that if you spend more money, it'll work as well, just on a bigger scale. That's it's not they're not always scalable, despite what everyone likes to believe. So because of that, we've been working on really narrowing that down. We obviously are trying to maintain as much of our employee hours as possible, and we've done a great job of that. We haven't had much challenge, you know, doing that as far as keeping our people busy. Uh, but we've been using this time to work on reorganizing the workshop and we did a huge major overhaul of, of the workshop deep cleaned uh, reorganized the shelving units to make a lot more sense and to condense the way we package things and or at least store them on the shelf and that really helped uh, free up some space and make things a little easier the flow a little bit better and these internal kind of restructuring things and these opportunities during the time when we have a little bit lower sales is good time for us to start to revisit projects that we may have not necessarily been very good about like for example we haven't been we haven't done a good audit of the website in a long time and frankly i want to have a myself do an audit of the flung, flow and function of the website but anytime we've got employees who have just a little bit of free time because they finished we finished the orders or whatever i really am working on having them do things like go review all the product pages for spelling errors or incongruities or things that may have changed since we published them and we need to update them and so these kinds of internal tactical things are really helpful Anyway, we are going to make the summer slump a good thing for us. We're going to make it work for us, and that's going to be important for us driving forward. You know, you have to figure out how to adapt, and that's something we'll always keep doing. And I think the summer slump will end, and even if the summer slump doesn't end, we're working on retuning our machine so that it functions smoothly, efficiently, without problems, and, you know, we'll continue to hopefully maintain at the very least a baseline profitability for the future. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in on Thursday for our next topic, which is going to be that Pinterest one, I'm hoping. Don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at merdycreative.co. You can also contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals, and I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible, but I do appreciate your patience. 
If you think I deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. And word of mouth is still the best form of advertising. So please tell your friends. If you'd like to review, leave a review on the product, you can do so on our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash or type murdycreative.co in the search bar at the top. On the left side, there's the reviews tab. You click the reviews tab and it says, do you recommend the Murdy Creative Company? You can click yes and then you can write the review or you can read a lot of our beautiful five-star reviews. They're all very encouraging. I do read them all. I do love them all. Oftentimes I'll read them to the employees because they really like that too. So please feel free to do that. Uh, if you want to leave a review on the podcast, please do so on whatever app you're listening on. That does help us. It helps uh, people who are maybe curious about this. And when I say tell your friends, tell your friends about both the product and the uh, podcast. We are doing a new referral program, which I talked about in our last episode. Uh, if you send, if you go onto our website, you click log in at the top, so you create a profile. If you don't have one, you should. Uh, and then you go down to the blue little button on the left side of the page or the right side if you're on your desktop. And you click on that. There's a referral option where you can refer someone and you can send them the link. If you send them that link, they'll get $5 gift card just for the store. And if they use it, you get $5 as in-store credit as well. So if you want to share it with your friends, do so. It's a great way to make a little bit of money, help the company grow, and give your friends an opportunity to experience the amazing joy that is journaling. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear about, send it my way. I'm always happy to engage with our growing community and I want to give you guys what you want. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our book discounts available. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.